coach. Let's find out if you're ready for love. Here's your marvelous host, Nikki Lee. And welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. Now, diversity. Diversity is something that I know I don't understand nearly as well as I would like to. And I don't think I'm the only person that, should I say, is a little bit confused by this. And Susan and I have been working on a chapter for the book, Am I Normal If, about diversity. And she suggested this, and I was like, oh, crap, I don't understand this at all. So I I didn't tell her that up front, but eventually I told her, I said, I'm not qualified to write this chapter. So, And she thanked me for telling her, which was a relief, because I thought she might fuss at me about that. And so... <laughs> She's laughing at me. So then a few weeks ago we got together and we were working on the book and, and we didn't hurt each other, so this is good. We both survived. <laughs> and so we, we got into some discussions about this and we thought that, that my listeners might enjoy our our conversations. We're still brainstorming. The the chapter's still not done. So we thought that that some more brainstorming would probably be good for us to to get this chapter done and that y'all might enjoy the conversation too. So Susan's with me on the phone now. She's not still here. And Susan, it's great to have you with me. Thank you, Nikki. It's always good to be with you and with your followers and to talk about subjects that I love. And it's great to have people that want to hear it and be educated because it validates my life's mission, and I know yours too. So thank you, everyone that's that's participating. Well, and, and like I said, this you know a, a lot of the book I, I came into this understanding what we were talking about, and and I love the additional stuff that I've learned. And I you know it, it was like working with Tova too. I was like this is this is like a whole other education. <laughs> But but this one, I like I said, you suggested this, and I was like, oh, no, I don't know squat about this topic. So, <laughs> this is one that I am, I was just at a loss, and I'm, 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 get, I'm learning, I am, but I still have so many questions, and, you know, we, I hit you with a couple of questions while you were here, and we're still working on this, and I'm still cu- trying to just wrap my mind around this to understand it better. And I really think that we could we could help the listeners to understand. And I think it's a topic that we we all need to understand better. What do you think? Right. Well, I believe it's the future that we are waking up to the fact that we don't all fit in the box. As right. you know, we're writing a book about that. And I also, as I'm listening to you, Nikki, I'm thinking, you know, I think we could break this down into one sentence. Okay. How really? Diverse, right, yes. You're going to think this is brilliant. Listen to this. How do we not see diversity in nature? I mean, everything is diverse. How many different flowers are there? How many different trees? How many everything 
is diverse in nature. So why wouldn't we be? Huh. So that's the end of the show. You know, that's all I got to say. <laughs> you know, it, it's just like, am I normal? If I mean, it's just so normal or natural. Nature is natural, and you know, look at every snowflake. And then I use that a lot in my uh, talks about normal. If, but that the diversity of animals and plants and insects and viruses, as we yeah. chose enough. Right? Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. See, you. She didn't tell me about that. I mean, huh. I do say that in sessions or when talking to people. It's like, well, look how diverse nature is. But as I was listening to you, it really landed more impactful that that's really the bottom line of what we are educating uh people about is an awareness that's already here. It's, you know, anyway, that, I thought that was pretty important. We have to put that in the book. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> we do. We, we say that to each other a lot. That's what's in the book. Yeah. You know. Yeah, make a note. Make a note. I know. <laughs> so we, I have we, a couple of quotes that might also give us some food for thought or discussion. Uh, my my business partner here in Pennsylvania, we started out 35 years ago to, together when we did our dissertations together and uh, lived four miles away, we found out. Um, so we still hold an office here in Wayne, Pennsylvania. And Dr. Michelle Angelo, if people want to know really more in depth than I really pretend to understand or teach about diversity. But Michelle has written two books, and she has become known because she's kind of broken the, um, the John Hopkins parameters of saying that people should not be looked at as having a transgender presence until after puberty, once their hormones come on, and see if that changes them. But Michelle has dispelled that, and like I said, she's written a couple books about it, is that children know. And so she sees very young children in our office, four and five-year-olds, that are dressing in the opposite you know, gender. And then she works alongside with the parents. So if you want to get really uh, deep into this conversation, I would suggest go onto her website, Dr. Michelle Angelo. Uh, one of her quotes that's actually in our book, Nikki, is, my dream is for all gender, non-conforming kids, youth and adults, to be understood not as unusual or pathological, but viewed through a lens of reverence and respect as valued members of the human race. I like that because I remember, I remember when we first put it in there. Well, you know, yeah. I, I remember as, as a kid, because I'm, I'm totally a tomboy. I always have been, you know, and I, <laughs> I remember <laughs> there was a day I went, I went shopping with my, my, one of my grandmothers, and she was determined to buy me a dress, right? And there, there are times that I, I 
do the whole dressing up like a girl, you know, putting on the dress and, and doing doing my hair and doing makeup and all that kind of thing, you know. But, I mean, most times I just want to be comfortable, okay? And, yes. you know, as a kid, that was putting on a pair of pants and, and whatever and all that. And I, mm-hmm. I knew, in my mind, I was leaving that store with a pair of pants. She thought I was leaving with a new little frilly pink dress and lace mm-hmm. stuff. Well, I left with a pair of pants. You know? <laughs> and, and she she worked there. She was very upset that, that her granddaughter didn't li- leave with a pink dress. And, and to this yeah. day, I have, like, nothing in my house that I wear that's pink. I just don't. <laughs> there's there's no doubt in my mind that that I'm a female, you know. And... You know, if you look at me, you know that I am. But, I mean, I things that I'm interested in skew toward what is supposedly masculine. You know, I, I love cars. I love football. I You know, this kind of thing. I, I am not frilly in any way whatsoever. You know, but that's me, you know. So, it, it's irritated me for years that you have to fit in this little niche because you're... Uh, a girl or a boy what in the world you know why do you have to fit in this little niche and I I even now have issues with labels of any kind because I mean a label I there I I don't know of any label that I fit under other than human (laughs) you know I just because a label is just way too too broad you know, and that's, I mean, even with my writing, my writing doesn't fit under a genre. It just doesn't, unless it's fiction or nonfiction. Now, that I fit under, but mm-hmm. even fit under like five or six different categories, just because that's how I write. I don't stick under one little kind of thing, you know, but right. trying to make us fit under one specific thing I've I've always thought that's crazy. It's just it doesn't work. But just just yeah, my opinion. Well, it's for the security of everyone else, you know. If you know, we have a struggle with if you're not like me, then I don't connect to you. You know, we deal with this with race, with you know religions. With you're you're from France, I'm from here. We're different, like aliens on the planet it's like we have a hard time allowing diversity and that we are all different you know we think because we're born here we're the greatest and the best and France thinks they're the greatest and the best and you know it it's just sets us up for the mess we're in (laughs) globally and locally (laughs) I'm I'm proud of my my background and my heritage and, and that kind of thing but but I want to learn and know about other people and other things and other cultures, you know. So I I you can be both. You can be proud of yourself, but you can also be curious and interested in other people. I I don't understand why people can't do that. You want know to try to say? Well, it's fear based. Yeah, it's fear based that they don't understand you or know you. And I'm actually looking at a quote, another one of our quotes from Alfred Kinsey that I think is appropriate here. And if you don't know who Alfred Kinsey is, you really should look him up because he came up 
with the scale, the Kinsey scale, from zero to six, to um, have some kind of visual on where people are in their orientations, right? Zero right. being complete hetero, six being complete um, uh, gay, lesbian. And back then, they were the only terms we had in 1948. And right. he said that what he found through his Kinsey studies of over 5,000 people, and he lost his job for it at, I forget the university where he was, uh, for proving that people are doing more things and are identifying in not just straight hetero or heteronormative, as they call it, that uh, there's many variations inside that Kinsey scale. But what he says here that I pulled for, for us uh, on university chapter is, males do not represent two discrete populations, heterosexual and homosexual. The world is not to be divided into sheep and goats. And not all things are black, nor all things white. It is a fundamental of taxonomy that nature rarely deals with discrete categories. Only the human mind invents categories and tries to force facts into separated pigeonholes. The living world is a continuum in each and every one of its aspects. The sooner we learn this concerning human sexual behavior, the sooner we shall reach a sound understanding of the realities of sex. There you go. Isn't that gorgeous? Well, and that's just every part of our lives. I mean, you know, well, and, you know, honestly, this is just my thought, but we would be so much better off physically, mentally, and emotionally, and sexually if we got that. Mm-hmm. You know, none Hopefully. of us... Maybe we wouldn't have to kill each other if we don't look the same or we don't worship the same supreme being or you know it's it's so many aspects of our humanity or lack of that is wrapped up in this yep well how i started down this road um for the book actually was while i was teaching a local community college back in 2000 and it was just then that the gay lesbian conversation or question was out there, like in the news and people were, you know, studying it, doctors, you know, the whole thing, like studying this like it's, you know, some kind of disease. But they um, actually came to ask me, the, the students, they wanted to know, is it nature like the way you're born, or is it nurturing, like how you grew up? Because these are the questions that the science world or the um, um, humanistic side of this question we're looking at. Is it because of an absentee father for a male that he grows up without? So I said, well, and I, I, this is where plain damn you comes from. I just, you know, I was just led and guided. I picked up chalk. I was still writing on a chalkboard. That said, but I picked up chalk and made a circle and I made an upside down peace sign. Or I guess it is the way the peace sign looks. You have two sides and the third on the bottom. I said, well, what if it's, what if it's not either nature or nurture? Like over here is nature, the way you're born, an egg and a sperm get together, and you have no say over that. 
And you get the biology of your ancestors. I don't know, DNA, how far back, not sure. But you get, you get something that you didn't ask for. That's a third of you. And the other third is your nurturing. How and where are you brought up? Are you born in Africa? Are you born in Hollywood? Or are you born in the Valley? Again, you don't have any say over that, but you are enculturated, and that's kind of where you get also the hand down of your family's enculturation and teachings and trainings. And so the other third is just plain damn you. It's your snowflake. It's your fingerprint. It's your lessons that you came in to learn. And so in looking at what's the big picture, again, there's the diversity. But what the question has been, is it, are you born with it or does, are you made that way? And True. So that's where plain damn you came from because, you know, that's my third theory is it's, it's, you're a little bit of each, your nature, your nurture, but... You know, we want to grow you up into Maslow's self-actualized adult to be the you with you and the gifts that you brought to the planet. That's right. Well, it's a combination of all those things that makes us us, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this, that's just like, I mean, two people can grow up in the very same household and be very different people when they become adults. Exactly. I mean, my, my brother and I are very, very good examples of that. You know, it's, it's how each person comes out of that situation. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it's very, it's just, it's interesting, you know. Yeah, and it's, I know today we hear uh, folks using the term them and those, like non-gender. And... As you and I were talking earlier about what the letters are now, it used to be LGBTQ, and I'm working with an organization where we're doing some teaching for who are starting um, an academy of sorts for teachings and trainings, and they their theirs um, their letters are LGBTQ IIAA and. I know we did, we talked we did it this morning. It was, so it's gay, lesbian, bi, queer, and then there's um, I what did it say intersex. Intersex. And, and what was the other I? Um, something that I should look it up. And then the the AA was abstinence only or and asexual. Yeah. Hi. We we had it this morning. Yeah. There's Yeah. See, we remember the A's. Intersex yeah. and. So intersexed and pushing a sexual ally. Oh, these have different ones. Oh, this has a P on the end for pansexual. Which is hey, also, is also, also questioning too, isn't it? Question. Oh, so that's LGBTQ. That's question. Right, but but can't Q also oh. stand for questioning? 
I'm sorry. Can't can't the Q also stand for questioning in in some instances? Instances. Yeah. Okay. Right. I thought I'd seen that. Yeah, I did say. I think I did say queer. You're right, but they did change that a while ago from queer to questioning, and now queer has come back around because before queer was kind of derogatory. Right. So that's right. They changed it for questioning, but now queer is coming back because people are claiming their okayness with that. Yeah, I'm queer. I and can't I keep it. In, I don't fit in your box. I don't want to fit in your box. <laughs> Yeah. See, that's that's the, I I can't keep up with what what's okay and what's not because because of that it keeps changing, yeah. you know. Right. And I think it's changing even more because this group I'm involved with out of Austin, they um, they have condensed it to like two. Letters. Wow! Wow! What, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. So we have huh. trans, LGBTQ, yeah, questioning, there's questioning, intersex, asexual, right. and ally. A is ally, but I have it as abstinence and asexual. There's another I. Um, I'll think of it. She'll just all of a sudden come out with it. We'll, we'll, we'll all know when she yeah. figures it out. Yeah, <laughs> So now diversity there was there was a, a thing that I found that said that diversity can also be it, it's about empowering people by respecting and appreciating what makes them different in terms of age, gender, ethnicity, religion, disability, sexual orientation, education and national origin. So I mean for for purposes of the book it's going to be more about gender and sexuality. But honestly, diversity can be all aspects of our life. Mm-hmm. It should be. Yeah, it should. You know, yeah. and, and the thing is, if, if you look at whether it's, it's bullying, if it's cancel culture, if it's any of these kind of things, people do expect other people to fall in line with what they consider quote unquote normal you know and it's it's ridiculous to expect everybody to be the same how boring would the world be if exactly. everybody was the same right, right. all the flowers <laughs> and all the trees were the same it's exactly you know, it goes back to nature again exactly I I like variety. I like seeing, you know, going down the road and seeing different things. Right. Right. Wow. And again, I think it just goes back to fear. Like, if you're not like me, then I don't know how to understand you or relate to you. Or It's why they say, the they, um, that going to college expands our uh, understanding or of diversity and acceptance of other various kinds of people. Travel is another way to expand your understanding and acceptance of people outside of, you know, just who you grew up with in your neighborhood and you think the rest of the world is like this. Well, you know, we don't, we're a little bit better here in, in 2020, but, you know, when you and I grew up, you didn't, 
how many people? I'm a big deal if you got on a plane and went to Paris. So, you know. But, but it depends on the attitude that you take with you to do those things. If mm -hmm. if you travel to another place, but you expect them to be okay, okay. Like say you're say you're from the United States and you travel overseas. If you expect them to be like Americans and you get mm -hmm. upset because they're not, that's not helping you. Right? Right, right. Or if you go to college and you go away to college, but you expect everybody to think the way you do, that's not helping you. Correct? No, and if, you're, and if that makes you fearful, which apparently that's what's underneath a lot of our inability to stretch ourselves, right. then, you know, you're stuck. Right. So if, if you if you stay if you are closed minded, it doesn't matter what you do. No matter how much you travel or if you go do whatever, if you stay closed minded, none of these things are gonna help you. True. So I mean you yeah. you can you could stay in a small town, but if you're open minded and open to learning and that kind of thing, you're you're going to um, what am I trying to say? I had the thought and it's gone. <laughs> but I, I think I think the mentality that you bring to it makes a huge difference. You know, I've I've known people that that travel and do all this kind of stuff and go to college, but they they are very close minded and expect everybody to think mm -hmm. like them. And it it didn't. I mean, it it didn't have the impact it could have had if they had opened their mind it there and tried tried to reach out to people and tried to learn about other people and tried to accept people and but they were very judgmental they were very close-minded and nothing was accomplished by it i mean they had a lot of cool you know travel pictures <laughs> but, <laughs> which go. i mean kind of cool but you know they they didn't actually learn anything from it because they didn't they didn't put any effort into it all right you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean I know because I think again, it's if you stick in your stick your toe in the water and it gets scary, then yeah. they pull back and then they say, "Oh, it doesn't work for me." You know, I see that in many aspects of our our growth. You know, you right. you have to not only just stick your toe in the water. I mean, there is a start, but you have to really be open open minded and open hearted, especially yeah. where our humanity lies. Very true. You got to put yourself into it, literally. All right. Now, part of part of this chapter, and and it's it's a rough draft at this point, that I found absolutely fascinating. And I don't want to completely confuse the listeners, but I, I think we can kind of get into this at least a little bit and and just kind of pique their interest. Was about chromosomes. And and this, mm -hmm. we we all learned about a little bit of this in school, but this is the the study of this has grown exponentially since anything I learned in school, okay. which of course was was definitely a while ago. Um, and and let me let me kind of preface this with what what I was saying to you before we got on the phone. Um, it 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 kind of I find it interesting that 
so many people have to stay up with like the latest phone and the latest tablet and the latest computers and the latest gaming system and all this kind of stuff. But we got to have the latest techie stuff, right? We got to have all that. But we don't acknowledge the the that science as far as like what we're learning what science is learning about the body even because i i mean we all have a body so i want to know what they're learning about bodies okay and like the mind and well and especially like the things that i have going wrong with my body i want to know what they're learning right um but i don't think we keep up with that nearly as much as we keep up with the technology and keeping up with what they're learning about the human body is a whole lot more important than the latest phone. It just is, you know. <laughs> it's and, and like, I really didn't keep up with it until things started going really, really wrong with my body. So I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm very yeah. much at fault this before the last five or six <laughs> years. But tell us in in a way that doesn't completely confuse all of us. about the stuff about the chromosomes because I remember the X and Y chromosomes I remember that vividly I don't remember what year but I remember that but there's a whole lot of funky chromosome stuff going on that they're discovering that I don't remember any of that advanced stuff because there was like the X chromosome and the Y chromosome and one of them determines if you're a girl and one determines if you're a boy that's about as far as I remember but there, yeah. there's all kinds of funky stuff in here. I'm like, what in the world is all this stuff? <laughs> yeah, and it's I can't keep up either. As, as you and I talked about, I don't teach um, college courses on this anymore, so I don't keep up with it. But, yeah, but you're leagues ahead with this. <laughs> What's that? You're, you're leagues ahead of this with me, though. Uh, well, and I, I feel... As I said, I, I am behind in how many sex chromosomes or chromosomes we we now know. Back when I was teaching, there was just the XXXY that people knew. And then when I delved into it, or my teachers, Bill Satan, probably I heard him say that there's 32 combinations. Oh, wow. Of the X, Yeah. So the two that most people also know about is uh, Kleinfelters, which is just the X, X, uh, how is it, Kleinfelters is XXY. Right. And then there's the, the Turner syndrome, let's see if I have that one, has no X chromosome, has only one Y chromosome, and then just a blank, like they draw a line. And huh. so the... The Kleinfelders are more male that have it, and they're very aggressive males. As you and I were talking, they a lot of them end up in jail. Um, oh, okay. In fact, they have discovered that a lot of people that are in jail have a real anomaly inside their chromosomic patterns. And so, you know, it's a something of interest that I don't know how much it's been studied. I've not heard any more about it. It's probably out there in the sex research uh, journals and publications, which the public doesn't have access to. 
Right. But we, like I said, back in 2000, there was 32 mixtures. There could be an X, Y, Y blank or X, O or X. I mean, it was, I never wrote them all out. I just write, would write a few. But most would focus on the Kleinfelder and Turners because those are ones that people may have had some kind of interaction with or knowledge of. Uh, somebody in their family. A Turner syndrome is a small person, and it's usually on women, that their hands are smaller or they have something that doesn't develop quite, um, I hate this word, you know that normally. Um, but those are the two variations. Too, don't they? I'm sorry? They look very young, too, don't they? Yeah, they do. Except some okay. of them can have larger heads, right? Then that it doesn't match their bodies. Like okay. Their heads can be larger, yeah. I actually remember that from um, Law and Order SVU. They had an episode about that. Hmm. Oh, how about that? Yeah, because yeah. they had um the girl. They they thought the girl was a victim because she looked like she was a teenager. But she was actually older, so yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. Now, so you know, females are XX, right? And the male is XY. That's the chromosome. And uh, a colleague of mine, uh, Dr. Nettleton, would say, "You girls really expect a lot uh, from that missing dash." You know, like the dash on the Y. If you make put a dash on it, it's an XX. <laughs> so, you know, it's like they got gypped or something, and we still expect them to be that way. <laughs> so I just thought that was fun because if you look in a, a physiology book that has sexuality physiology, you'll see that nature tends towards female. And in uterine, what you see when you look at a, a, a forming fetus up until about four weeks, four to six weeks, like that, we look like female. The labia is there and the clitoris. And so there's this big long name that means testosterone hormone that comes in at exactly uh, the right time like within that four to six week, week range, and starts to, um, the, the hormone pulls down the outer labia and it forms into the scrotum. The inner labia pulls down and starts to knit together to make the penis, and the head of the clitoris becomes the head of the penis. Now, if that doesn't happen all at the exact right time, it's another reason we could get more effeminate males. Um, I don't know what that research has proven, but we used to talk about that, that that could be a possibility uh, and why the, the uh, hormone doesn't hit at the exact right time. Who knows? I mean, we, environmentally, we impact reproductive process. And so it's something where we have to take a look at 
Like, are they born that way? Well, maybe. And is it a, a genetic anomaly? It could be. And so does that give us more reason or opportunity to include or accept? Uh, you know, I don't know. But that's always fascinated me. And when I show people that, I show my clients that, it's like, look, this is how close we are. And really, it is just that missing dash that, that has female go male. Yeah, that when you sent me that picture, I mean, that's it, it's interesting to see, and especially side by side like that. It's right. just I, I'd never thought about it, but it's um, it just like I said, it's it's interesting to see the timeline and mm-hmm. to see the development. Yeah, just yeah, just for we taught this stuff in school. I mean, we're not allowed to teach. The, uh, maybe we could teach chromosomes, but I don't know how deep they could go in saying this is where you get trans folks or gay folks or, you know, whatever. Um, but there's there's not a lot of emphasis on how this could be disrupted and be an act of God, if you will, or nature. Right. Hey, I just looked, um, are you familiar with academia.edu, the website? No. It's it's an interesting one. I get emails from there each morning. I've got a couple uh, things I put in that, that I just get reports off of there from time to time. Different mm-hmm. different people in academia put their, report, their papers on here. And I just looked up, and they've actually got... Um, 222 papers with Kleinfelder in the title, and they've got 9,000 papers on here with Kleinfelder somewhere in the paper. But um, most of them are in other languages, but there are some in English also. There's there's some really cool stuff on here, actually. Yeah, it sounds like I wrote it down. I'll have to look. Yeah, you should check it out. But you can... You search search for a couple things, and then they they kind of keep an eye on the kind of things you like, and then they send you emails each morning with um, oh. within that that kind of um, topic. Oh, but cool. yeah, like yeah check it out. You're full of all kind of good stuff. Oh, you know I do. I have oh. a lot of stuff. <laughs> if, if it's online and free, I have found it. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I said, that that picture that you had with that stuff, that was just, it was, it, it you know, hearing things are one thing, but, I mean, it's that whole, a picture's worth a thousand words kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, well, and then the, the little arrows telling you, you know, this and this and this is, this is what this becomes, and it just, it was, it was interesting. It just, it was. Yeah, and maybe if we were taught these things in school, we would be a little bit more open-minded um, about diversity. I mean, nature isn't, you know, just being nature outside. It's being nature inside, too, and it, and it leans towards diversity. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we've had it in all the ancient tribal indigenous people. There's always been the gay, lesbian, and trans, you know, the Kordoshka that the Native Americans honored. And they, if they had, like, both sexes or 
were physically looking like a man but were really feminine, maybe gay, maybe trans, they saw them as gods and goddesses because they had both properties of male-female. They were honored. True. Yeah. And it's in the animal kingdom. You can go on channel 12, I don't, I don't know what your, WHYY or whatever the, the um, uh, show, TV show that has uh, things about nature and, you know, ancients and, and all that. And, and there's, there's videos, we have some in our office, of animals. You know, birds that males that get together or females get together and the differencing differences in the roles in the animal kingdom of males and females. I mean, it's it's all there. Yeah. I don't know. I do not. It's, it, I don't know. Like I said, I just, I ever since I've been a kid, it just, it, the whole expectation if if you're one gender or the other that you have to be a certain way has always irritated me it's like I, why can't you be who you are and be accepted you know didn't didn't yeah. go over well <laughs> in in one family more one side of the family more than the other but uh, uh yeah yeah i don't even try it in my family it's bad I, I think you know the funny thing I think in a weird way I was meant for this work, but nobody would have guessed it back then. <laughs> so. yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I believe I would, we come in with our own set of gifts and mission, and you're getting to do yours despite family. And just, I feel that too. I mean, nobody in my family asks me about my work. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the friend, friends of one side of the family just just make crazy rumors about me but I, I'm like they've done that my entire life <laughs> <laughs> I never grasp I, I never had time for all the crap they, they blame me for it's like yeah I wish I had that kind of time free you know what gets me is is my father thinks all these horrible stuff and I said but you know he's, he's never even thought to take a minute to say, why do you do what you do? Why, why, why do you enjoy this? And and even the radio show. Okay, I've been for over seven years, I do it. I don't make any money with this. I sink all this time into it, and he's never even thought to say, why do you do this? Wouldn't yeah. you think that would be a simple question that he might have thought to ask? <laughs> you know? But it's a simple question, but very complex for him yeah. with my family. You know, it's just too complex. They can't, you know, they can't wrap their brains around, uh, you know, especially older generation. And the generations younger than us are doing much better than we did. You know, so there is a progression. There's an acceptance that I didn't think I'd live to see. Uh, so I'm grateful for that. And... Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential and hope with our younger generation coming up because they think nothing of having a gay friend or, you know, right. a friend that dresses up in the other gender. I mean, they just don't see it like yeah. we did. And our, and our parents, for sure, you know, that was... I, um, I had a job where I, I worked with um, 
a, a guy that was very, very openly and very proud to be gay. And the the last day I was I was working in the the same store with him, I said, well, no, no, he was leaving. He was leaving the store. He was going to work somewhere else. And uh, we were both getting off from our shift. And I said, okay, we're gonna go somewhere, and we're gonna sit down and talk, and you're gonna make me understand this. I said, I don't understand. I was raised around. You know, this is this is totally wrong. I said, okay, I, I just, I want to understand. And we're not leaving until I do. Because we went somewhere that was open 24 hours a day. He goes, well, it's a good thing we're going somewhere that's open all night. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I said, so we're going to sit down and we're going to get something to drink and something to eat. And we're not leaving until I understand. And he says, all right, let's do it. So, um and and we were we were still talking late when when the store had closed that night and and a couple other people came by and dropped by and checked on us, but I just told him I said I said I want to understand so come on let's go. <laughs> you know? yeah. So. yeah. Well, I wish we would all have that kind of in, inquisitive um, ability to feel safe in asking those questions. People again, I just go back to fear. It's some kind of fear around differences and also around maybe I have something like that going on with me. And that's the one that really terrifies that I see with, with patients, uh, clients, I use the word patients, yeah. clients that come in to me um, if they think they're gay just because they can't get an erection, you know, with a woman. And they're just terrified and it keeps them from coming into therapy until they're 50. Yeah. Right? So it's just such an underlying... It's the same with, you know, people of color. There's a fear around black people with white people and even black people with, uh, with uh, Latin people. I mean, and Chinese people. You know, there's some kind of back to that as we began speaking. You know, if you don't look like me. Yeah. So there's just an underlying fear of not... Um, understanding but not being willing to either. I just I never understood it. Um, Do you have any recommendations or suggestions for people that may have concerns and just don't know what to do or how to, I don't really want to say confront, um, well, what, what are some common concerns that people come in and talk to you about that people may be facing? In how this conversation of diversity? Do what? In, in this conversation of diversity, yeah. what are yeah. the things that we hear Yeah, just, just some things that, that listeners may be thinking about that that we might get yeah. help with. Well, there's, there's the basic ones, gay, lesbian, trans. Um, people with fetishes, I think, struggle sometimes even more now today than folks who are are walking a different gender uh, or orientation. Fetishes are really taboo in our culture. 
even and they're huge. I mean, inside of I know people that do foot fetish work for clients. It's huge. They pay they pay four or five hundred dollars for somebody who wear a pair of socks around and sell she'll sell them on eBay. Hmm. You know, they're, they're, so the fetishes are hard because people are there's not a lot of access to have someone who will walk with you with a fetish. And they're really embarrassed or ashamed of the fetish. We had a guy that came in. I'll just tell you a quick fun story. This guy came in to Bill. When, when I was teaching with Bill Staten, I say his name a lot so you all could look him up. He's uh, 86 years old but still teaching, an amazing um, leader in the field. Uh, so this guy came in and he... He says to Bill, he wonders if it's okay that he masturbates to a picture of a white alligator. A white alligator? Okay. Yeah. So Bill says, do you have a picture of your alligator? So he does. He pulls it out of his wallet or pocket, and he's got a picture of this white alligator, and it doesn't look like anything different or, you know, nothing else like an anomaly about this alligator. And Bill says, well, do you think of hurting yourself with the alligator or hurting the alligator? Because that's where we go is, you know, do no harm or, you know, sight no harm. And the guy says, no, I just, you know, like to masturbate to it. And Bill said, you know, I think you're fine. I think that's just who you are. And so the guy, one session... And that happens a lot. I just give people permission to be who they are, and all they need is one session. And they hear it from somebody with authority, sort of. And, and so years later, Bill saw that we had a white alligator at the Philadelphia Zoo. And <laughs> often wondered if this guy was donated. They didn't say the name. <laughs> that somehow he got the Philadelphia Zoo to go out and find an albino alligator. And... <laughs> So, I have no idea there was such a thing. Now, now, you know, we don't know, like, how did you get hooked in? Now, one theory about foot fetish is that because male babies are dragging their front around on the floor when they're learning how to crawl, and they might be getting stimulated or have sensation in the genitals, and they're seeing feet. Right. Or shoes. Right? Makes sense. So can, it, yeah. can they all be put back to some place? No. And should they be? No. What's the difference? This is how I am, and I don't need to have, you know, some kind of something that says I'm okay or proves that this is how it happened. You know, it's just like I'm not hurting me and I'm not hurting you. Well, as long as they're not hurting anybody. Exactly. Or animals, you know, like. Right. I, I don't like that one. I've seen some video, some pretty rough stuff I had to watch when I went through school. But you have to because if somebody comes in and says, you know, I like to have sex with chickens, you can't go, you what? What do you mean you have sex with chickens? You know, like, you can't do that. You go, really? Tell me more. <laughs> because I've seen the videos. I'm like, okay, I know what this is. <laughs> so we had to watch some pretty rough stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, like I said, the, the whole um, part about not being judgmental to the clients actually was a huge, huge thing for me 
to beneficial for me once once I I went through that part and then I was like you know if I can't be judgmental to to other people I got to stop being judgmental with myself which was message big big message I needed to hear so I was I was much judgmental with other people I, it was it was me that I needed to stop being judgmental with and I'm I'm not the only one that needs to hear that message so mm-hmm. that's why I share that story so often <laughs> so well there you go we're in a big boat we're all different and, and yeah exactly like I said I I like that that people are different you know, some are a little more different than others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. good. But it more definitely makes it more interesting. Is there anything that we missed sharing that we need to share? Because we've only got a few more minutes. I would say, you know, for folks who are either struggling with with the question themselves is to maybe have a conversation with somebody who is in the field and can give you language or resources or a community. Get yourself into a community. Now everything is online. So I'm sure you can find people who for support and maybe a meetup group or you know gatherings of people who are more like minded. Um, are are yeah. there any that you would recommend that you know are supportive? Body Electric okay. is a, a really good group to be involved with. They they started as gay, um, uh, Kramer. What's his name? Dr. Kramer, can't think of his first name. He started it back in the um, late 80s when AIDS was coming on board. And so it was a way for gay men to get touched. Uh, sexological body work, body electric, is designed to have touch and not necessarily have intercourse or, you know, total body connection, but a way to still be getting some touch. And so it's grown into this huge national organization. I know one of the, the folks who is still in executive position with uh, Body Electric, and they've since added women. There's a whole women's uh, piece, and doesn't necessarily mean lesbian. It's just female energy and male energy, and they're very open. They have a lot of stuff going on online. They have breakout rooms where you can chat with one or two people, like the fourth Sunday of the month or something. They have a topic, and then you can get to know other people. It's, it's really a great organization for diversity. All right. See, I had a feeling you might know somebody, I mean, of a group. Yeah. Thanks for asking that. And I thought, oh, geez, who do I know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's in there somewhere, one of those files. <laughs> I know. <laughs> let me let me flip through the mental files a minute. <laughs> yeah, hold on. <laughs> That's what I do when you ask me questions. <laughs> uh-huh. That's a good thing. She does that to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
You're pretty quick, though. Yeah, well, you keep me on my toes. And I tell you what, this totally off topic, but I just want to share with the, the listeners and Susan, I haven't told you about this yet, part of a giveaway and a special on Etsy. Etsy is an online store, like an online shopping mall. And I've got two stores there, and I'm part of a holiday giveaway. It's called the Holiday Sparkle Event, and there's over 50 people or store owners that I'm doing this with. And if you go to www.theholidaysparkleevent.com, you will see all the information. You go there, and everybody that's participating, all 50, I think it's 52 store owners, have all of their stuff in the store. All the digital stuff is half price for the month of December. And we also have a free bundle of stuff that everybody, the registers can have, and virtual gift baskets each week. So I just want to make sure everybody knows about that. So there's lots of free stuff and lots of half-price stuff. All right. So theholidaysparkleevent.com. And that'll that'll be on the show pages that I'll have for the month, too. So And on my Facebook page and on my other social media pages. So I'm doing that, and I just wanted to make sure that the listeners know. Free stuff. <laughs> so. Yeah. Always good. And, and my, my work on a project, right? Do I need to get you any more information? You do. I will um, let you know when My work done. project. Yeah. Oh, yes. I note about that because it just, it just occurred to me that <laughs> you and I didn't finish our, pro- our holiday project. Yeah. But my yeah. story is when you go You'll see coloring designs and ebooks by Nikki. That's mine, and then wedding journal designs. That's mine also. And like I said, every everything that I've got is half price. So I invite y'all to take a look. So, and actually, my my two stores are listed right beside the gift basket, so easy to find. I timed that good. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for being here with me today, Susan. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Always great fun, and I learn stuff, too, when we're together. See? I like that. Yeah. It'll be readyforloveradio.com slash diversity. You will find uh, the replay for today's show. So thanks for being with me. And listeners, I'll be with you next time on Ready for Love Radio. <laughs> 